Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Welcome to episode 324 of the Fully Puzzle Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, dude? I had a blast at the toy show. We all did. We all did. Norm did. You did. I did. Big Dave did. Dude, we all had a great time. Yeah, we dropped a little money. Actually, for the most part, it was very little money. All things considered, the venue was huge. I don't even know how many vendors were in that place, but it was at the Santa Clara Convention Center, which is a big step up from the fairgrounds, in my opinion. I think that they were able to not only have more space, but I think they were able to fit more vendors. In addition, more importantly for their bottom line, they were able to fit more people. And that place was packed This was their first show back after, gosh, over two years, right? Because the last show they were supposed to have was March of 2020. That was the one that we were going to go to where Scott Ian was signing autographs. Scott Ian from Anthrax. Yep. Uh, We were going to get his autograph and COVID happened and they canceled that March 2020 show. The one before that, I believe, was in October of 2019. And that was the last one that we were able to go to. So this was the first one back in about two and a half years. And you could tell people were craving this. The amount of people that showed up with with advanced tickets, that were buying tickets there, just waiting to get in. It was incredible. Everybody had a great time. There was plenty of room. I totally love the venue. I would, And we talked about this after the show. I'd love to see them make that their permanent home because there was so much more space. It didn't feel like you were crammed in there and you were elbow to elbow with people. You actually had room to walk around. Yes, it was crowded. But there was way more room. I think there were more vendors. I had so much fun. And all things considered, I dropped 25 bucks. That's it? That's it. I bought that Boba Fett. uh, And Christopher Dean's going to be proud. It's my first. I think it's a Black Series. It's the carbonized look Boba Fett. Carbonized graphite or whatever they call it. Boba Fett look. And I wanted a Boba Fett for the Detolf. Picked one up. 25 bucks. And... That was it. That's that's all I bought. And then you got me a Scareglow. Yes. Not knowing that GBM got you one as well. <laughs> yes. So huge thanks to GBM. I don't have them in my possession yet. I will this coming Sunday. They got left in the back of Big Dave's car on accident. So Jeff, you went and picked them up the following day. But thanks to GBM, belated birthday present, I've got a Scareglow and Battle Cat coming my way. That Hopefully uh, your cat didn't mount that Battle Cat, Jeff. No, we're good, dude. Uh, my cat did not mount Battle Cat. My cat is dumb as bricks and does not have testicles. So, oh, I see. Yeah, so we're good, dude. You're good. No fluids were exchanged. Then. No fluids were exchanged. Excellent. So yeah, thanks to GBM Battle Cat and Scareglow coming my way, and thanks to you, which you didn't know that GBM had gotten me a Scareglow. You picked me up a uh, Scareglow at one of the tables, and that was awesome. I really appreciate that, dude. But yeah, it was a great time and. 
honestly, these toy shows that you go to, big or small, it's just so cool to take a trip down memory lane. How often are you going to walk around and see an old school Castle Grayskull or Eternia playset or Snake Pit or whatever it was called from the Motu line that had like the ooze coming out of the mouth? And how often are you going to see an aircraft carrier from the G.I. Joe line? You know, or a huge uh, collection of Transformers. It's just, it's so cool to take these little trips down memory lane and the $20 ticket that we bought was worth every penny. You know what the best thing was is you could tell everybody was having a great time at that show. Yes, 100%. Because people hadn't seen each other for two and a half years. I was walking by booths where the person that was handling the booth had people coming up and hugging them and being like, oh man, I haven't seen you in a good time. And that's what it was all about. It was just all smiles and everybody had a great time at that show. And it was just so good to see that again. And that's what we did with Jason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason is a gentleman that has one of those booths and is actually one of my friends that uh, I hadn't talked to in a, well, I kind of talked to him a little bit on Facebook, but I hadn't seen him and his wife for two and a half years. And to see them again at that convention, it was just, it was so good, man. It was just every, it was so good to be back at that venue. Yeah, it really was. And like you said, it was great to see everybody again and everybody kind of catching up on a lot of lost time. It's a great community, this toy collecting community. I love it. It's great to be a part of. And when you're at an event like that, you really get to see the love. And it was awesome, dude. As I said, plenty of space, a ton of vendors, so much product. It wasn't even funny. And we had to keep our wallets in our pants a little bit. It was one of those, you want to whip it out, but oh man, I got this other thing going on and I'm not done walking around yet. So maybe I'll come back to it, but so much cool, cool stuff at this thing and a lot of really, really cool people as well. So I had a blast. I enjoyed eating burritos afterwards with Dave and Norm and just a solid, solid Saturday, dude. Oh, I know, dude. It was so much fun. And, uh, I did see some bendies, LJN bendies, that were in pristine condition. And the guy had two Nikolai Volkovs, King Kong Bundy, Hulk Hogan with red knee pads. And who else was in that bag? Iron Sheik was in there. Bobby Heenan was in there. Captain Lou was in there. Yeah. These were all LJN Bundy. Bundies? Bendies. <laughs> bendies, not Bundies. I think Bundy was in there too. Bundy was a bendy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, he had the bag and he had 15 for he was bucks yeah sorry it was 15 dollars for each or 100 bucks for the bag right and i was like in the back of my head throughout this whole con i just kept thinking i've got wrestlecon i've got wrestlecon i've got wrestlecon i was like i can't do it i barely have space for the amount of card cases that i'm getting at wrestlecon how am i what am i gonna do with loose bendies but you did ask me before you made up your mind you're like hey dude you know where our bendies are at I said, yep, they're in one of the totes in the garage. You go, all right, going to pass. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to another booth and they have the Ricky Steamboat LJN Bendy. And it was in pristine condition. No paint wear, nothing. And I look over at the guy and I go, how much? And he goes, 10 bucks. And in the back of my head again, it was like, 
WrestleCon is in four days, five days. Don't do it, asshole. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna do it because I'm an asshole. Yeah. It's <laughs> you have one week. Come on, just wait. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna continue walking around this this con or this uh, toy show of full of temptation. I was like, oh my god. But you know what though? It was such a great time, dude. So, anyways, long story long, got Scott a scare glow. I got a scare glow. What else did I walk away with? A He-Man and a Skeletor. So you officially have a collection of Motu revelations. So yeah, about that. So go to <laughs> one of the tables. And actually his table was right next to my buddy Jason's. And he had He-Man f- revelation for $14 and he had Skeletor for $14. $5 cheaper than retail, we might add. I'm talking to Jason and I look, I go, man, these He-Man revelations, man, these figures are just so tempting. And the guy goes, hey, you want the He-Man Revelation figures? He goes, you know what? I have them for 14 each, 28 bucks. I'll knock $2 off. You can have them for 26 I said, I'll take them for 25 And he goes, 25 And I go, come on, man. It's only a buck. He goes, all right, they're yours for 25 And then I was like, crap. I just wasted an autograph in WrestleCon. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I didn't mean to do that. So anyways, Sorry, yeah, Adam I, Cole, baby. I got two He-Man revelation figures i got well actually i got he-man and skeletor and then i went and picked up scareglow well see that's i was just gonna say that's where the slippery slope begins because you start with he-man and skeletor and then a little bit later you look at me and you go do i really need to go get a scareglow and you think (laughs) i'm gonna say no of course i'm not gonna say no you're you're already going down the slippery slope jump all in my friend and you ended up with a scareglow so you officially have a collection of motu revelations but we didn't even talk about the black card LJNs that we saw. Yeah. You want to go into that? So David and I are walking past, or I should say big Dave and I are walking past one of the booths. And these are the same guys that are at every single one of these. And they've always got something that catches your eye. It's going to draw you into their table for us. They've always got a black card LJN. These are the same guys that had the black card LJN white shirt Hogan at their booth a couple of years back, if you remember us telling that story. And I believe they wanted a thousand for it, which now you're like, jump on it. But this was before COVID. Like the prices hadn't gone through the roof entirely yet. They were spiking, but not super crazy. So these guys always have something that draws our attention, catches our eye. This time was no different. We walked by, they had a huge booth. And up on their little display rack is a black card warlord, and a black card Andre, which pre-COVID, they probably would have been asking 1000 to 1500 for them. Both of them graded 85. So we ask, all right, how much? $5,000 each. Yep, that's how much they were asking. $5,000. Yeah, when he said 5K, I was like, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Even if he had said two, would you have considered it? For each? Yes. Oh, yeah. For both? of Graded? Oh, yeah. I would have considered two. But for 5K each? No way, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I was like I was like the SpongeBob me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> so that wasn't even the most expensive item that we saw there. Because a couple tables down, some guy had an uh, authentic Andre the Giant autograph. Oh, yes. So this booth had a glass case. And they had the warrior talking uh, Hasbro. They had 
carded Hasbros of Doink, Purple Tight, excuse me, Purple Trunks Warrior on the American card, Andre the Giant autograph, and the Andre the Giant autograph was $9,000 and it was authenticated. Yeah. $9,000 for an Andre the Giant autograph. Now, this is one of those things as well. You put things out front to draw people in. So obviously, Jeff and I walking by, of course, we're going to spot the LJNs. Of course, we're going to spot the Hasbros. But he had a, a picture of Andre the Giant from three to accompany the autograph. I think the autograph was on like a piece of paper or something or an envelope, something like that. Yeah. And yeah, nine grand. But you put things like that out. Of course, you're going to grab our attention. And then we're going to see what else you've got. We're not going to drop the nine grand on the autograph, but we're going to see what else you've got to offer because you've already got good stuff in the case. But yeah, that was some really, really cool stuff that we saw. A lot of beater LJNs, a crap ton of Mattels, not so much on Jacks. I didn't um, see a, a ton of Jacks there. Maybe loose. I saw a few tables with some carded Jacks. Uh, there was the one with the finishing moves. There was yes. maybe one or two Jacks classics. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Norm bought the three-fourths of the Build Events set. The only one he didn't get was Brett. But I don't think any of us got any wrestling. Dave got some Star Wars stuff in addition to the... Because we, we each got a Boba Fett because it was 30. And then the guy goes, I'll do it for 25. And he had two left. And Dave and I were like, sold. So we each got one of the Boba Fett figures that the guy had left. Uh, he bought a couple of those old school Force Unleashed figures. He got an Anakin and a Darth Maul. And I can't remember if Dave, I think that might've been it for him. Yeah. I don't I think, think it he was got anything else. My buddy, Jason, who had his booth, he actually had a carded mask. Was it Firefly? Oh, I think it was the Firefly. Yeah, it was Firefly. And he had it graded too. And he also had some of the loose mask figures as well. Exactly. And I was like, uh, Jason, how much for the mask Firefly carded? And he goes, bro, that's graded. I was like, what's it graded at? He goes seven and a half. And I actually saw a few carded mask vehicles at that venue too. Yeah. And we don't see a lot of mask out and about. So that was kind of neat to see. And again, kind of going back to what we said originally, it's really a trip down memory lane and I love it. Yeah. Uh, one other note, super seven ran out of their ultimate ghost figures. They ran out of all their ghost figures within the first three hours. Yeah. Cause God, we, <laughs> dude, we, we had like the Epic journey around that place. We were there. We got there at what? 10. Say we got in the doors at 10 and we didn't leave until a little after three, three thirty. It was a fantastic voyage is what it was. <laughs> well, we walked in, went straight over to that booth or I should say went to super sevens booth. Yeah. They had, they had all their ultimates lined up. Teenage mutant Ninja turtles. They had thundercats. No cliff Burton, no cliff Burton on the three and three quarters though. They sold out. They Well, they sold out on the pre-orders that they put up. Yes. So uh, everything was gone for Cliff Burton. But the guy said, screw the scalpers. They're going to release more of that one. And there's going to be another one to come. And they said that the uh, one to come is the kill em all version, right? Correct. Yes. We walk up and I see the ghost ultimate. And I was like, Scott, you got that ghost ultimate for Shan, right? And you're like, yes, we're good on that. Yeah. Even got the second one pre-ordered too. Now, mind you, this is at about 10.15, 10.30 as we get to Super 7's booth. Yeah. We walk around, as Scott said, the Fantastic Voyage. We come back, and as we're about to leave, Norm's like, hey, I need to go purchase a couple more comic books over at this uh, place, and then we're done. I was like, okay, man. So as he was over at this booth, we could see the Super 7 booth. 
And this guy walks up and he points to the ghost figure. The guy walks around and he goes, we're all out. And the guy goes, okay, can I have that one? And the guy goes, yeah, sure. So he boxes up the one that they had on display. And that was the last ghost ultimate right there. That Those things flew. I mean, legitimately flew off their shelves. Yeah. I don't know how many they started with, but they were gone by the end of the day. And they had two reaction figures or the three and three quarter inch ghost figures on the table when we got there. Both of those were gone too. So I told Shan, I was like, babe, guess what? Ghost figures, gone. This is why I buy her every single one that come from Super 7, dude. Yeah. Anyways, that was a fun, fun time, dude. I had a blast. Uh, Again, a trip down memory lane. It was a fantastic voyage and we finished the day off with burritos. It does not get better than that. Absolutely. I'm going to do the quick run through because we're already quite a ways in. You guys know where to get our shirts. You guys know where to find us. You guys know where you need to rate and review on iTunes. And actually, Scott, we got a, uh, we did get a review. Oh, excellent. Comes in from Willie Wonderful. He did say in the title and it's five stars. He said, stop bad words. And I was like, oh, dude, we haven't even said the granddaddy of them all bad words. Like, are we really cursing that much? (laughs) I think you've dropped a few a-holes already. Well, yeah, I called myself an (laughs) a-hole. It's it's okay. I'll try to fit in one for you later as well. What, an a-hole? Yes. (laughs) It'll just come randomly. It'll be like a Tourette syndrome bout or something. So you're going to fit in an a-hole? Yes. Hey, you stop it. I see what you're doing there. You cut that right out. So I last week I did say shit, but like to me, that's not even a bad word anymore. Like South Park says it 9,000 times on an episode. Hmm. I think they say it on Touched by an Angel now too. Yeah, it's kind of one of those words that evolved as we've gone along that it's no longer a curse word. Yeah, really there's only one left. Everything else is just vocabulary now. Really there's just that that one, like you said, granddaddy of them all. Yeah, exactly. And the granddaddy of them all is used every two words in the this kid's generation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ralphie got the smat or the, the soap put in his mouth for saying it back in the day. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, Willie, thank you for the five stars, though. We do appreciate that, dude. Thanks, dude. We'll try to cut down on the swear words. Eh. I mean, I, I think I do a great job. You're the potty mouth of the group you're the one making all and anyways yeah you're right <laughs> i'm like i'm like mom in this relationship you're right honey <laughs> i'm creative with my dnb jokes you're a little more on the nose with it scott quick omission from last week i said launchpad mcduck it is not launchpad mcduck it is launchpad mcquack that's an omission i'm sorry i get my irish ducks all mixed up <laughs> I apologize. There's so many. <laughs> it is. It is. Huey, Dewey, and Louie McDuck, isn't it? And Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is very confusing. Also, I haven't watched DuckTales in, man, that was what, the early 90s? Late 80s? Would have been the last time I watched an episode. So I, I wasn't schooled to correct you. So that's all your fault, dude. I take ownership on that one. Um, Nate, Ring Skirts, also sent me a text and he goes, hey, can I add a little bit more regarding the boogeyman clock? He goes, actually has three sections of clear plastic that come off so that you can break it on someone's head. Nice. And see, this is the stuff we miss being MOC. Exactly. But when you get it signed, that's stuff that we get to look at MOC. 
Yeah, exactly. But thank you, Nate. That's actually really helpful and good to know that some of those accessories have extra features on them. Yeah. Scott, before we started the show, (laughs) I'm already laughing at this. So this past Saturday, while we were at the toy show, mom came over and dropped off coffee to Celeste. But what she also dropped off was yours and my Christmas list, I'm guessing from 1986 or 87. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. So your Christmas list had, and Celeste already shredded it because you were like, I don't care about it. I don't need, well, also, I don't think it was my writing. That's what I was trying to figure out, dude. I don't think it was your writing, but. We did save mine, and mine is Chicken Scratch. So this is from 19, <laughs> I think, 86, I believe. So I wrote down here, and I just trying cursive at the time because they were teaching me cursive in school at the time. Okay. So I'm having a hard time reading my own writing from 1986, but I'll do my best. So it says Christmas list. I can read that. So it says R-E-M-O-T race car? Remote race <gasps> oh. car. Oh, Remote race car. When you spell it out, I, I, I didn't even know how to spell remote. <laughs> oh, it gets better. <laughs> uh, continue on. Baseball sticker and cards. Now, that one I can read. So that would have been like the old Panini. Uh, it was like the baseball book. And then yep. you'd buy packs of stickers and you'd make all the, the players on the teams because each page was a different team. Yep. Yes. Okay. So then you go down to this and it says M-C-M-L-E-N-D-O? Side pocket? Oh, Nintendo. There you go. Nintendo side pocket and RBI and baseball. So I think you got side pocket for the Game Boy. I, I don't think we ever had that on the Nintendo, but we definitely had RBI and bases loaded for the Nintendo. But I think the pool game was on the Game Boy. Okay, then I wrote here Halley's. Oh, probably Haley's Comics. Oh, Haley's Comics. That was right down the street. No, Haley's Comics was in Hayward. Oh, wait, what was... Oh, M&M Cards was the one down the street. Yes, Haley's Comics was the one that mom would take us to all the time. Sometimes dad, too. I was a little ways from the laundromat, so it was hard to piggyback a trip like Toys R Us and Haley's Comics. Dad get a little grumpy, but uh, <laughs> it was usually one of the other. But yeah, Haley's Comics is where we got almost all of our comics and uh, baseball cards back in the day. In fact, I would say probably 80 to 90% of our baseball card collection came from Haley's Comics. Okay, okay. So I wrote a card of the rookies, Will Clark and Mark McGuire. And McGuire is spelled (laughs) M-A-G-I-R. You know, that first baseman on the A's. (laughs) And then I, I also wrote... And Johnny Bench cards. I really wanted the Legends cards right there. Johnny Bench? I wrote Johnny Bench. What the hell? Were you a catcher? No, I played second base. See how I'm slick with the D&B jokes and I just slide them in? You don't even catch it? Oh, you filled in the A-hole. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's weird, though. John, I don't ever remember you being a fan of Johnny Bench. I like Johnny Bench. The reason I like Johnny Bench is, do you remember when they used to have those home run derbies on ESPN? Yes. I became a fan of Johnny Bench on there. Oh, okay. Well, that would explain why you wanted his cards then. Yes. Okay. Okay. Starting lineup. Carney Lansford. Uh, I put Carl Ripken, C-A-L-L-I-R-P-K. 
<laughs> I gotta I gotta throw in the preface that this is about six or seven year old Jeff, and they're teaching me cursive, and it's terrible. Public education. Maybe that's why they stopped doing that. I think so. Mike Schmidt. I can read that one. Steve Sachs. Ooh, I asked for a Dodger. Really? Ouch. This one I cannot. Oh, Andre Dawson. A N D R. Okay. I put a Y after Andre. <laughs> Dave Parker. I can read that one. I asked for a Don Mattingly. You'll be proud of me on that one. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I put Gorge Brett. All right. Gorge. Good old Gorge Brett. Good old Gorge. Pete Rose. I can read that one. That one's easy. Eric Davis. Ricky Henderson. That one's actually really good. Dale Murphy. I could read that one. Ozzy Smith. I think that's I think that's Smith. Tommy. I can't read this one. Tony Gwynn. Okay. Dwight Gooden. I put Dave Parker again. <laughs> you really wanted Dave Parker. <laughs> Jeff Redone. I don't remember him. Pedro. Huh. Pedro something and something Gomez. Oh, hmm. and Bob Welch and... I can't read this one. Anyways, my handwriting was terrible. Wow. And then you fast forward about 37 years and it's still terrible. And fast forward about 37 years and we saw a lot of those figures at the toy show this past weekend. A lot of starting lineups. Oh, dude, starting lineups made a comeback big time at that toy show. There's not, there aren't many of the starting lineups that are going for a lot of money. I think we saw an 88 Jordan, which would be his rookie figure. So you've got the rookie card in there too. What technically it would be his rookie starting lineup card. Uh, 125 and it looked a little yellowed. Uh, that was the only bad part is if it wasn't yellowed, I would have been tempted by that. Yeah. And she had some that were like, she, <laughs> this lady was weird. She had a box behind kind of like where they were sitting and the, the tag on the box said serious buyers only. So you'd think, Oh dude, there's probably something hella good in there. They were basketball starting lineups. It was like David Robinson. No, no, no. That was the box that Dave was looking through. Oh, I thought that was the box. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, because she brought it, brought it out to somebody that had asked about it while we were at the booth. And he asked if he could see it. And she was like, yeah, they're kind of pricey. And they were all basketball figures. I'm like, if you've got the Jordans sitting out, which one is more valuable than that? And there were no rims. Because remember they did the mail-aways where you had the, the dunking figures and the rims and the backboard and everything? Yep, sure did. And a, a portion of the floor, that wasn't in there. They were just carded basketball figures. So I have no idea what was in that box. It was intriguing, but I wasn't going to ask. I don't like that kind of pressure in my life. <laughs> yeah, starting lineups did make a comeback, dude. Yeah, they were there in droves. And it's just, it's that waiting game that I think that a lot of us are playing that listen to the show is when are the starting lineups really going to have their moment, right? Because every other thing from the 80s has had its moment. It's come back in some sort of way, except for Mask and Christar, but that's a whole different podcast. But starting lineups need to have their moment in the sun, and I hope it's soon. All right. So anyways, I thought that would be fun to go down that memory lane, dude. That was a lot of fun. Loved it. All right. Uh, real quick, I have a little bit from the 1993 talk real quick. I wrote down, watching the Steiners play Royal Rumble on the SNES is entertaining. <laughs> They they were doing a commercial for the Royal Rumble, and the Steiners were playing SNES, kind of button mashing and all that stuff, and it was kind of entertaining watching them play. They've been actually showing a lot of commercials for the Royal Rumble game, and it's been really cool kind of seeing that again. You know what would have been cool is if the Steiners, A, were in that game, and B, the Rage in the Cage game that they were in, actually had the ability to have tag team matches. Oh, right? 
Oh, the Sega CD game, Rage in the Cage. I don't know that I've, well, 2K20 being the exception. I don't know if I've ever been more mad at a wrestling video game. The fact that you had all these tag teams, Nasty Boys, Head Shrinkers, Steiners, and you can fight inside of a cage, but it had to be a singles match. Yep. No tag team. Are you kidding me? This was like, at the time, the deepest tag team roster ever, and you could only do singles matches. Oh, that was infuriating. And then, of course, Royal Rumble comes out for the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, tag team matches all day. No problem. But Rage in the Cage? Nope. <laughs> Jerks. Uh, by the way, I've been talking about 1993, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the figure commercials that they've been showing. And we'll get into those when we do another segment of the commercials. We'll be doing that again soon. But they've been showing a lot of the figure commercials, and they showed the next one where it had Hogan with the spring punch arm. Skinner. The worst Hogan. Yes. Virgil. They had that series in there. And I was like, oh, it's so cool seeing these commercials again. I mean, I've seen them a gazillion times, but to see them again during a Monday Night Raw, it's kind of cool going back and reminiscing about that. You know, I can also give you some knowledge on those Hogan and Virgil figures, Jeff. Sure. Drop knowledge on me. They don't have tattoos. Well, Hogan didn't have a tattoo. I don't think Virgil has a tattoo, so they shouldn't have tattoos, Scott. You're welcome. Like I said, they don't have tattoos. <laughs> that just goes back to Nate's question from last week. Exactly. Just clarifying, those two figures do not have tattoos. You're doing a callback. Well done. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Nate. We love the question. That's like when Mitch Hedberg was on that 70s show. I didn't lose my leg in Nam for you to berate me, but you have both your legs. As I said, I did not lose a leg in Nam. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Mitch, we love you. Oh my God, so good. All right. Oh, by the way, one other quick little note. Thank you to Seth Phelps from the Chick Foley Show. Thank you for sending over that match of the Steiners and Money Inc. He actually found it on Daily Motion. He sent it over to me. Oh, nice. Okay, so did it stand up? Because that's the part that you were kind of concerned about. Still holds up today. It's still so good, dude. Awesome. That is good to hear. Thank you, Seth. Much appreciated, dude. Thank you, Seth. Love you, man. Scott, Smoking Gun's original finishing move was absolutely crazy. So the move was Billy would whip his opponent into the ropes, then do a backdrop where Bart was standing behind him, and he would catch him in a pile driver position and then just fall backwards and just like, it's like a fall away pile driver. Oh, Lord. Dude, when they did that the very first time I saw it today in 2022, I was all, holy shit. <laughs> like, I popped. Sorry. I'm the a-hole of the podcast. But I, I literally popped like that. I literally said, holy shit. Like, I was not expecting that uh, to happen. Because I thought their finishing move was like where I thought they would do a, like a leg drop or something like that. Or a rocker dropper or something like that. Because they did that at some point. I think so. But, dude, when they did that move, like, I legitimately popped in 2022, dude. <laughs> wow. That's that's quite a dangerous finish. Wow. I said there's no point to Michaels losing the belt to Janetti when he just won it back, like, two or three weeks later. Yeah, they did some weird stuff like that. They did that with uh, Razor and Jeff Jarrett at one point, too, later on down the road. And I, I was never a fan of that, those quick title changes. It, it, I don't know. It tarnishes the... That's my opinion. I think it tarnishes the belt a little bit. They shouldn't be changing hands that often. I agree. And if Janetti would have done more with it, I would have been okay with it. But taking it off of Michaels didn't add anything. And granted, they had a spectacular match. And I raved about that match last week on the show. But 
just handing it to Janetti for about three weeks just didn't add anything. Agree. Yeah, he should have had a longer run with it. Or if they were going to take the title off of him so quickly, take the title off of HBK again and give it back to him. Like, have him trade it back and forth a couple times if you really have to. But to think of what Marty Janetti was capable of, it really sucks. That guy was so talented because, like you said, you watch those matches. What him and HBK did in the ring was amazing. And Janetti was so talented. But just demons got the better of a man, and he just he couldn't hold it together. But it just goes to show that when he was right, there was gold. I said Diesel showed up on June 7th, 1993, Monday Night Raw, and he didn't have a name. They just called him the insurance policy. Oh, like the Yeti in WCW. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I said they had bears for Brett and Tatanka, and I wish we would have gotten them, but we were at the age where we didn't want bears. No, we even skipped on the Pillow Buddies. Exactly. Which, until we went back and completed our collection, I used to kick myself about. Now I can kick myself about not getting the talking Hogan and Warrior. I said also on June 7th, Lawler came out in this pink and black outfit, and I said, we need a figure of that. Ooh, okay. Now, it's a random, kind of completely random, but Lawler looks sick in that pink and gray, pink and black outfit. So he was poking fun at Brett, I take it. Not yet. He hasn't shown up to kick Brett's ass at King of the Ring. Oh, I see. Okay. June 12th, 1993, Superstars, Men on a Mission vignette debuted, and I shuddered. (laughs) How dare you? Were you a fan of Men on a Mission? I like Men on a Mission, yeah. I didn't have anything against them. They were entertaining, dude. Former tag team champions. That was an accident, I think. (laughs) Mabel just couldn't roll off the guy. (laughs) Oh, crap, I'm sorry. Before we got to King of the Ring, 93... Like, I was legitimately looking forward to watching King of the Ring again. And I think that there's something to that where a pay-per-view is so spread out that they do all this build-up for it. Even 30 years later, dude, I'm still like, oh my god, I'm looking forward to watching the King of the Ring again. Because, you know, you get to see a lot of stuff that you don't remember. You remember Brett winning, you remember the opponents he beat to win. But, like, you don't remember, I don't remember Tatanka facing Luger in the first round. Oh, right. Yep. And it was a boring-ass match. Really? Oh, dude, it was terrible. Did they go to a draw? They did, and it was 15 minutes of pure boredom. So I wonder if that was the last time Luger was the narcissist. Because I think we Uh, talked about this last week. It's like, what did he do between WrestleMania and slamming Yoko on the the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier? We didn't know what he did. Right. So, by the way, if I ever get an aircraft carrier... The first thing I'm doing is having my Luger Hasbro slam my Yoko Hasbro on the aircraft carrier. I like what you're doing there. Thank you. In the Hasbro ring, no less. But I digress. <laughs> I'm. I, we didn't know what he had did or what he had done in between WrestleMania facing Perfect and slamming Yoko. So now we know he had a boring ass match with Tatanka at King of the Ring. Oh, dude, it was so bad. I say King of the Ring was a damn near perfect show with a few blemishes, like the boring match from Tatanka and Lex. Okay. The eight man tag, it was the head shrinkers and money Inc versus smoking guns and Steiners. And I don't know if it was needed, but I thought it was a damn good show. I recommend anybody going back and watching that pay-per-view. Yeah. That was a great pay-per-view. I said, I love how Yoko hit Hogan with the leg drop to basically end Hulkamania to win the title back from Hogan. It was perfect. The, the fact that he didn't hit Hogan with the bonsai drop and he hit Hogan with the leg. Oh, dude. I thought it was just picture perfect. 
Hulk Hogan guy at ringside was shocked. Oh, dude, he was so mad. Yes, like, he was. <laughs> you, he was actually. I shouldn't say sad. He was sad. He was defeated. Like he just lost too. Like he got hit with Hulk, uh, Yoko's leg. Like he just watched his brother lose. <laughs> so that's as far as I've gotten on the uh, Monday Night Raw 1993 stuff. I've nice. gotten it. Yeah, dude. I keep saying it each week. You should just go back and watch a few of these. Like, go back and watch that. I think it was May 17th, 1993, Monday Night Raw. It's 45 minutes. It's quick. You know, it, it's just such a good Raw, and it may get you to watch some more 1993 stuff and start going back and reminiscing about all this. Okay. That's a no. I'm not I'm, I'm not promising anything. It's just, you know, free time is at a premium, dude. Don't you sit in your man cave when you get home? Well, yeah, but it's, you know, usually watching a hockey game or, you know, helping Peyton with homework. You know, there's other stuff going on. Ah, I'm calling you out. You got to start watching this stuff. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No promises, but I'll try. All right. And we only have one thing of news. And as of today, this is Tuesday, March 29th. As of today, the only thing in the news was Paul Heyman, ECW Funko Pop. Did you see it, Scott? I did. Looks cool. No, it is cool. And again, it's one of those things. The Funko Pops are so great. Like saying it's a good Funko Pop is just so it's not needed to say that it's good because every one of them is good. I just can't get involved. I can't do yeah. it. It's just, I, I cannot take on another collection. As much as I fight it, it's hard because everybody had Funko Pops at the toy show. And there are so many cool ones. But you just, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. And that's where I draw my line is at Funko Pops. Even though I have like a dozen of them on my uh, my stair banister thing, it's, I, I can't get involved with them. I can't. Oh, uh, one other thing. And this is my bad. I should have done this. Uh, Christopher Dean did have a little bit of note regarding Bonnie Blackstein. Remember I said Bonnie showed up and, uh, sorry, Bonnie Blackstone. He said Bonnie Blackstone was the wife of promoter Joe Pettisino. Okay. I believe at the time he was in a producer role with WWF. They promoted LPWA most notably. So thank you, Christopher, for sending that over. Oh, and Jeff, one thing I did forget to mention last week, uh, Ryan Belial reached out uh, knowing that you and I are MOC collectors. And we were talking about those new AEW figures where you can like change out the legs and the heads and the arms and all that good stuff. The Supreme Edition? Yes, thank you. The Supreme Edition. He said that that's already a thing with the AEW figures. Which you and I don't know because we don't open the figures, but you can already do things like swap out the legs and the heads. So they already have kind of had that in place, Oh, but now they're just making it a thing where it's all one figure in the package. But they currently have that option to be able to swap out the heads and the legs and everything already. Oh, that's pretty cool. Good to know. I did not know that. That's what happens when you're MOC. Well, exactly. And this is why I have the best listeners because they let us know things like that. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan, for sending over that little tidbit. Absolutely. Scott, it's time to get into WWE Elite Series 49. What you say, dude? Let's talk about it. Before we get into WWE Elite Series 49, we want you guys to check out Wrestling Figure Database. Of course. Head on over there so you can follow along as Scott reads off this list of WWE Elite Series 49. Head on over there. Head over to the WWE section. Head over to WWE Elite Mainline section. 
gone on over to Elite 49 and follow along over at WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Scott, what you got for WWE Elite Series 49? Yes, sir. WWE Mattel Elite Series 49 consisted of Apollo Crews, and he was in white, green, and gray trunks with AC on the front and Crews on the back. He had black boots on and was packaged with two shirts, an NXT and an Apollo Crews shirt. Next up, Becky Lynch. She had her gold top hat on and a long jacket. Next up, Big Cass. He was in black trunks with the Big Cass logo on the front. Oh, that's it? Stop. (laughs) You got to change your page faster, dude. Stop. (laughs) Black boots and was packaged with a soft shirt, a blue how you doing shirt, and a gold necklace. Next up, Brutus Beefcake, or Brutus the Barber Beefcake, was packaged with his shears, a white jacket, and he was in black and white zebra tights. Enzo was wearing black pants with bada-boom trim on the cuff and black shoes that had blue bottoms and white and black socks. Quite an ensemble, if I might add. Gold necklace and a black vest. Last but certainly not least, the legend killer, Randy Orton. And this was from his legend killer look around the mid-2000s. And he was packaged with an RKO shirt. And Jeff, that rounds out Mattel Elite Series 49. All right, let's play the game of how many of these figures do I have signed? Brutus Beefcake, and that's it. I have zero of these signed. Wow, not even Brutus. I don't have, I don't even have the Brutus figure and I kick myself for not getting it. Wow, that's actually shocking to me. And again, saw these all the time. These were super plentiful. You could have had them at any point, and then if you didn't get them at the main retailers, you could have gotten them at TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Ross. They all had them as well. And we'll get to the values, but yeah, Brutus is one that I kind of kick myself for not getting to. Yeah, I've seen some of these autographed, and they look great. I could get Enzo and Cass. I do have those figures. I could get those signed at WrestleCon, but WrestleCon's uh, suitcase is a little full right now. Yeah. Totally. You know what I love about that beefcake figure too is how big the eyes are. Oh yeah, it goes back to his original Hasbro. Yeah, exactly. They've got like the or he's got like the real bugged out eyes, kind of like Enzo as well. Like Enzo's figure has real bugged out eyes, but it, on Brutus it's awesome. Exactly like you said, it kind of goes back to his Hasbro. Scott, favorite figure in this series? You know, normally I go Legend, but in this one I'm going Enzo. I love that Enzo figure. I think it's so good. The detailing on his pants, the shoes, even the socks, the crazy hair on him, the vest, the necklace, everything about it just screams Enzo. Despite how you feel about the man himself, this figure is amazing. Enzo's my favorite figure. Oh, damn. I thought you were going to go Randy Orton because I know you loved Randy Orton when he was doing that Legend Killer gimmick. No, I did. I even had an RKO shirt just like he's packaged with. But no, no, I I really like that Enzo. I think second would probably be a tie for Randy and Brutus. But Big Cass is really good too. So I'm actually curious because wrestling shirts are going for Buku Bucks. You're kidding. Uh, Oh, dude, wrestling. If you have old wrestling shirts. Which I do. I have a whole tub full of them in the garage. Dude, you're going to get a 1099, but put those up, dude. You're kidding. People are buying the old shirts. Oh, dude, you have no idea. Steve from PPW, and it killed me to hear him say this, he sold his original Lex Luger shirt for an insane amount of money. 
Your kid. Wait, the the patriotic Luger shirt, like yes. the all over pr- <laughs> the the nineteen ninety <laughs> all over print one. That thing was awful. Oh, I well, I know it was awful, but it was so nostalgic. But he sold wow. it for a time. It, dude, I'm telling you, wrestling T-shirts, old school wrestling T-shirts, are going for an insane amount of money right now. Wow, I had no idea. Wow, okay, I need to go look. I guess because I've got a ton of them. Go check, dude, because you're gonna get hit with a 10.99 unless you sell it on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. Interesting. Okay, that's good to know. So I'm wondering how much that RKO shirt is going for. See if it's. Let me check sold listings because there's some up there that are about the thirty dollar range. Okay. So that's not too bad. Yeah, because I used to buy a ton of wrestling shirts, but now it's like I've got a job where I can only wear a t-shirt one day a week. You know, on the weekends is, you know, maybe I'll wear a t-shirt on Saturday or something. Sunday's usually just laid up and, you know, doing laundry all day or whatever. So really like two days in the week, I get to wear a t-shirt if I want. So it didn't make sense to keep buying a crap ton of wrestling shirts. But man, back when I didn't have a job that required me to wear a button up, that's all I bought was wrestling t-shirts. So I have a ton of them because Shannon and I went and uh, basically just boxed up a bunch of old shirts and I've got a huge tub in the garage full of old wrestling shirts. I wonder, because I just found a bunch of my old school WrestleMania shirts. Like I found my WrestleMania 12 shirt. Oh, with, dude, that thing is well worn though. Oh, dude, it's it's seen better days like when it was originally on the shelf. But Yeah, like when you originally bought it from the vendor at 12. <laughs> right. Okay, so vintage WWE Randy Orton RKO 2006 t-shirt size medium black, twenty four ninety five. Okay, mine would be either a large or extra large. So you would get your money back at least. Oh, totally. Yeah. I wonder how much that Luger shirt. <laughs> we'll worry about that another time. Man, that's crazy. I wonder how much that Razor one is going for. That yellow one. Oh. Like a vintage one from that. Because they redid that shirt at one point. But I'm talking like the original one from like 93, 94 when it came out. Oh, dude. Yeah. Because that shirt was badass. I was joking about the Luger one being ridiculous. But yeah, th- those shirts were awesome. Uh, Razor Ramon Oozing Machismo all over print XL right now has five bids, 12 hours left for $41. Wow. That's a badass shirt. Do you remember the doink one? Oh yeah, sure do. Where he was throwing the bucket of water or paint or whatever. And it went around the backside of the shirt. Yep. Sure do. We were at a house show. I almost bought that. Wait, you almost bought a doink shirt. Yes. I almost bought a doink shirt. You might've actually been the one to talk me out of it. Oh my God. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. I got to pause. March 28th, authentic 90s Razor Ramon oozing machismo shirt pre-owned with 16 bids, $616.66. So now's obviously not the time to be looking for Razor stuff. We saw Scott Hall and Razor Ramon figures at the, the toy show, obviously. And I didn't even want to ask. It was one of those things like, I'm going to get really pissed if they're like, oh, that's a $200 figure. I would have lost my shit. So... I didn't ask, but yeah, now is definitely not the time to be buying that stuff. And honestly, now is not the time to be selling it either. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. We had that conversation already. Okay. Hold on. I had to check one more time, dude. There's a Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, WrestleMania 12, 1996, vintage t-shirt, size small, pre-owned. Somebody has it up there for $399. Oh my gosh. Really? Dude. This is, this is insane. I wonder how much my New Age Outlaw shirt is worth. Oh, here we go. So the Shawn Michaels, he's holding the title over his shoulder. It's the 1996 Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 12 title belt, WWF pre-owned, 
Doesn't say the size. Last sold January nineteenth, four hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my goodness. That's a that's a few dollars right there, dude. Okay, so apparently shirt prices are also going through the roof. Yeah, you might want to check your bin, dude. Man. All right, I guess I'm going to have to go through it. But a lot of them would be from like the mid-2000s. I do have some from the late 90s. Like I said, that New Age Outlaws one that has, oh, you didn't know on the front, and then on the back, you better call somebody. Pretty sure that one has holes on the armpits. I wore it so much. <laughs> but I mean, a couple of rock shirts when we went to uh, WrestleMania 2000, got the oh, rock yeah. shirt from that. Good call. All right, let's go back to the WWE Elite Series 49. Apollo Crews with the two shirts. Last sold eBay listing on one bid. Sold for $10. Almost. Becky Lynch with the top hat and the long jacket. Last sold eBay listing was March 12th for $17.99. That was the last sold eBay listing. One of the ones beforehand sold on February 20th for $6.50 on 11 bids. Oh, dude, we're literally missing these by like a week. If we would have done this back in February, this series, we would have had a new line. It would no longer be the Mizdow line. It would be Becky Lynch line. Big Cass with the soft t-shirt, blue how you doing t-shirt, gold necklace, last sold eBay listing, March 19th on 19 bids for $22. Now, just the other day, one sold that was signed. Now, I always do these mint on card complete, not not signed. I've seen others signed. This one sold on March 25th, signed for $15 on two bids. Oh, wait a second. You're saying that one sold for more unsigned? Unsigned, yes. Somebody, <laughs> so they're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yep. Ouch. Okay. Brutus Beefcake with the shears, black and white zebra tights. Last sold eBay listing March 24th for $49.99. Yeah, that sounds about right. Enzo Gold Necklace, black jacket. Last sold eBay listing March 16th for $25. And Randy Orton, legend killer look, RKO t-shirt. Last sold eBay listing March 22nd for $34.99, which was a buy it now. Okay, there you go. So the lesson of this, kids, is don't pay more than 8 or $9 for the Becky Lynch. And don't go get that big cast elite signed. It, <laughs> it will literally drop the value of the figure. Well, the funny part was, is that it was signed in a Sharpie. So somebody could just get a magic erase and just wipe it out. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, anyways. Don't get the cast figure signed though. <laughs> Scott, that rounds out the WWE nostalgia segment. It is time to hit up points of articulation. Are you ready? Let's do it. We're doing points of articulation. The way this game works is I have a few figures for Scott to talk about and then give a score to. And we're still doing a uh, score of 1 to 10 where round numbers are rookie scores, right? Yes, green. That means like you're green. You give a rookie score, you're green. Understood. You can't just be like, oh, it's an 8. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I got you. So yeah, much like the one bite everybody knows the rules pizza game. Exactly. All right. The theme this week is WrestleCon. Since I will be hitting up WrestleCon, 
I do have some figures. Not everything is a card case, but I do have some figures that are going to be getting signed. So in my suitcase, I'm going to just pull aside three figures. Oh, these are ones going with you to WrestleCon. Yeah, I obviously have more figures going with me, but I just pulled aside three figures. Don't forget to put them back. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I want you to give them a score, basically what the point of this game is, one to ten. Okay, got it. So the first figure that's going to be going with me to get signed, the Cassius Ono Elite. Oh, I absolutely love that figure. So it's funny, Jeff, I actually had you pause the show really quick so I could go get this figure off of the wall and give it a proper looking over to lead to a proper score. Because this figure is outstanding. I really like... Well, I'm already a Chris Hero fan to begin with. So you've got... Again, you said this is elite. The color scheme is black and yellow. He's got black and yellow knee pads on. On the right leg is a K in a circle. The left leg has a knee pad with three yellow lines on. He's got black boots, soft goods, robe slash jacket that's black and yellow. It says Ono on the left side. He's got a black and yellow, it looks like a poly pocket style shirt on. Great face sculpt. He's got the hair kind of pushed off to the right hand side, like kind of pulled around because he's got long hair. Great likeness. And again, this is Cassius Ono, not Chris Hero, but I'm going to keep calling him Chris Hero. First time in the line, and basically the only Cassius Ono slash Chris Hero we got from Mattel, unfortunately. They released him way too quick. My opinion, he's amazing. Jeff, this figure, I'm as you can clearly tell, I'm a big fan of it. Spare set of hands with it as well. I'm going to go 8.3 on this one. I thought you were going to go a little bit higher. I'm actually surprised by 8.3. Really? You thought I was going to be what, in the nines? Um, I thought you were going to go maybe like an 8.8, eight, maybe 8.9. I thought high eights you were going to go. Okay, I really like his FTC offering as Chris Hero as well. I like the original and the variant. I really like this Mattel figure a lot, dude. But I think 8.3 is fair. That's a very fair score. I was going to go about 7.8. I was kind of close to you. I love the figure. I love the smirk on the face that he has the yellow and black scheme is just perfect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go seven, eight on the figure. Okay. So we were close then. I got eight, three. You got seven, eight on Cassius. Ono Mattel elite. Scott, the next figures figures. That's a hint. We're looking at a tag team here. Okay. That I am going to throw out there is two gentlemen who were in the Jack's Classic line as a two-pack. I am going to be erasing their autos and getting signed in Paint Pen, Axe and Smash, Jack's Classic two-pack. Love that set. Absolutely love that set. I've got that one signed as well. Silver Sharpie. I wish I could get it re-signed in paint. Oh, man, those are good figures. They don't have the ring gear or the entrance gear, I should say. It's just them in what they would wrestle in in the ring. Even with that, they are outstanding figures. And they're packaged together in the Classic Superstars Tag Team set. I like the face sculpts on them. So through the magic of editing, I actually had you pause again. Because I had to go remind myself how good these were. The magic of editing. The magic of editing. That's two weeks in a row. I'm glad I went and looked at them because I reminded myself by looking at them, that A, they are hand-signed in Silver Sharpie. It's a tag team set that does come with the tag team titles, and it does come with the masks. 
So I'm glad I went and looked because it reminded me, okay, yeah, they did come with the masks. And the best part about the figures is the tongues are sticking out. So they have a a, a facial expression. Because remember, when Demolition would hit the ring, they'd remove their vests, the chaps, all that. The last thing they take off is that mask. And as soon as they rip the mask off, what's the first thing they did? Stick their tongue out for the camera. They caught that on the figures. Facial expressions, the gear is perfect. They come with the masks. They come with the tag team titles. 8.7, Jeff. Oh, whoa. You were giving those a higher score than the Chris Hero? Yeah. Plus, it's a tag team in the box together. That goes a long way with me. I've talked many times about being burned in the past by certain wrestling companies that we won't name names, LJN and so far Mattel, that have burned us on not giving us the other half of a tag team. Jax didn't do that here. They're like, boom, demolition with the belts, with the masks, with their tongues sticking out in their wrestling gear, 8.7. I said what I said, and I love the packaging of the Classic Superstars too. That goes a long way. So I'm not going to go as high because I felt that more could have been given to this two-pack. Like? I've Vests or chaps or just something. I know they gave them the mask, and that's what's giving them a little bit of a higher score in my book. But do you but think maybe they were saving the gear for a future release? Like, let's not give them everything in one shot because we're going to be doing these guys again. Because as you know, we did get the three-pack with Crush later. We got the single packs with the chaps, the vests, the masks, the whole bit. Maybe this time they were just like, let's just give it to them as a pack together with tag titles, with masks, everything else, all the other bells and whistles they'll get later in the line. Well, possibly. Yeah, maybe that that was a good bit of business for Jax to do that. It is a good bit of business. It is. It is. I don't know. I just felt like it could have been a little bit more. I do like the figures. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, the masks are there. The belts are there. The tongues are sticking out. I do love the figures. I'm just going to go 7-3. So the packaging doesn't add any points. Well, of course it does. Like Originally in my head, I was thinking maybe 6-7, but packaging... The masks. Okay, okay. That raised it up to a 7.3. Oh, understood. Okay, I got you. But honestly, all that said, the 8.7 score, I don't think they're as good as the Hasbros. Okay, so real quick, what do you rate the Hasbros at? If Jax gets a 7.3, what do the Hasbros get? Or wait, are you talking about the two-pack or are you talking about... Oh, I'm talking about the singles, but put them together and give them a combined score. So I'm figuring your axe score is going to drag down the total. I like the axe, but adored the smash. Highly underrated figure. So I would say if I'm putting those together, I'm going to go 8-2. Okay. What would you have given them? Oh, dude, the Hasbros together? Axe and Smash? The only thing really that hurt them was no masks. And the fact that we never got tag team titles from Hasbro. Unfortunately, we only got a heavyweight. Even if you scratched off the paint and tried to pretend, it still was not a tag team title. Or even for that matter, an IC belt. So. The two of them together, like you said, Smash is incredible. I still think that axe is really good too. I love the look on the gear. No mask kind of brings it down a little bit. I'm going, man, both of them together, 9-1. We are continuing our trend of you always being on the higher side, me always being on the lower side. I know. I know. I'm very gracious with my scores. So actually, I don't know if you have this next figure that I was going to bring up to you. And I can talk about it if you like. Okay, so we may not need the magic of editing here, but let's see. Okay, Super 7's Ishii figure. I do not have that one. I've only got the Okada. All right, I will talk about this one. So Ishii comes with two heads, 
which almost have the same exact look, almost. It's just oh, kind of funny. Okay, hold on a second. I've I've got a question. Sure. For those listeners that do not have a Super 7 figure in their collection, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, your Super 7 figure itself is packed inside of a brown cardboard box, correct? Correct. That has the NJPW logo and the name of the guy inside the box. Correct. You open said box and yep. pull out another box that is now the figure. Yes. But the figure is encased in like a cardboard sheath, right? Yep. So you pull off that sheath and then there is the mint on card or mint in box Super 7 figure with the clear window on the front. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of packaging involved here. Uh-huh. We're all very familiar with your no opening the package rule. Yes. What part of this figure are you getting signed? The bubble. You're going straight on the plastic bubble. Oh, yeah, dude. Which means you have now broken your rule of not only A, opening the cardboard that the figure is in. Uh-huh. But you're also taking that sheath off to have him sign the bubble. Yep. Anything for that signature life, dude. How are you going to display that? Great question. I don't have room. So <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, dude. Oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> I think I need to put up shelves somewhere. Or start getting those detolfs. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers on if those ever come in. Yeah, we'll see. I think Tim's right. At a chair shot on Twitter and the uh, Pulling Up a Chair podcast, I think he's right. They're sitting on storage containers on the ocean. Possibly, more than likely. Yeah. Yeah, I they, think that's where they're all at. They're somewhere, man. Well, They'll get to us by 2025. Fingers crossed. Okay, so you are getting the plastic bubble signed with yep. no idea where you're going to display it. Correct. Are you going to leave the cardboard box at home? No. Reason being is that the cardboard box actually adds more protection during shipping or during uh, the flight. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. So no, I'm not going to. So I'm gonna le- I'm gonna actually take that with me. Okay. Are you gonna leave it in the room? Yes. Okay, got it. Are you gonna leave the sheath in the room as well, or are you yes. taking that with you to put over the figure once it dries? No. Got it. So I'm- the cardboard box sheath both staying in the room. Figures getting thrown into the suitcase with all the other ones taken down to the WrestleCon event. Yep. Got it. Okay, continue with your review, please. I just had to get clarification on that. And that will be the first time that the Ishii figure has seen sunlight. <laughs> or some form of light. It's like a vampire coming out. It's like, ha ha ha. It's like a gremlin. It's like a gremlin. Be careful. Uh, don't feed Ishii after midnight. <laughs> don't get him wet. <laughs> So Ishii comes with two heads, which are almost exactly the same because Ishii almost has the same expression all the time. He has the Chaos Stone Pitbull t-shirt, cloth shirt that comes on the figure. Never open weight title. Uh, About five sets of hands. Insane amount of sets of hands. And a chair. So sounds like your heavyweight title, the never open. I need a belt like that, dude. (laughs) You do. (laughs) You do. The belt will never come out of the box. Exactly. Yeah. It'll never see sunlight. I'll just carry a box around. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. So this figure, the, what's really saving this figure for the Ishii figure, and if you guys want to go onto Wrestling Figure Database and check this out, 
What's really saving the figure is the likeness on the faces. It is spot on Ishii. I joked around and said that, you know, Ishii has one expression. Well, they captured that expression. The body type? Did they catch? Because he's got a very unique body type. He's very stocky. Did they yeah, capture that? They did. They okay. did. The face was spot on. The never open weight title. Now, granted, I haven't popped it out of the box. So I don't know what the belt feels like or anything like that. But I'm going to say just off of looks, I'm going to give this figure a 7-7. Seven, seven. I'm going to give it a super 7-7. Seven, seven. Okay. Okay. I like it. That's actually a pretty high score considering it's coming from you. Okay. So you don't have this figure, right? I do not. So I would basically just have to go off of pictures. Okay. Uh, just going off of pictures... I like all of the Super 7 NJPW figures. And while it's probably not fair just to go off of pictures, I really like the look of it. I thought that they captured Ishii really well. So I would go 8.1. Don't worry, dude. I was going off of pictures while I was reading it off because I still haven't popped open mine. (laughs) You jerk. (laughs) Dude, I told you. I haven't even popped open the cardboard box, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. You do deserve that never open title. <laughs> never <laughs> put it in a box or put it like, you know, mint on card and stuff. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> You're ridiculous. I know. And that rounds out the show. We want everybody to go check out WrestlingToyTracker.com over there. You can check out the card and loose prices of LJN's Galoobs, Hasbro's Just Toys, Bendoms. Actually, you know what, dude? We didn't see any Galoobs. Oh, wait. No, One Table did have Galoobs. Never mind. Yeah. I know we saw a Barry Windham for sure. And I saw the Pillman and I think a Luger too, if I'm not mistaken. But head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com where you can check out the carded and loose prices of LJN's Gloobs, Hasbro's, Just Toys Bendham's, Defining Moments, and Retro. So head on over there. If you're hunting for any of those figures, make sure you're getting the fair market value that they've been going for as of recently over at WrestlingToyTracker.com. Calm. Also, let's head down our podcasting buddies. We got Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, of course, kicking off. Over there, they got Wrestling Talk, Toy Talk. They got a bunch of talk going on over there. Over no at Bill Beanus Talk. No Bill Beanus, thank God. But if you want to listen to Bill Beanus, you can go listen to him over at his podcast. But I don't know if, how many people actually want to do that. I don't think anybody wants to do that. Yeah, but you can go give it a listen if you want. But head on over to Breaker and Bane's Power Hour and listen over there. You can also listen to Breaker's side projects, TB Toycast, which is a lot of fun with Travis Fowler. And you know it's fake, right? Also, check out our buddies Doing the Favor over at doingthefavor.com. You can listen to their shows, any of their past shows, any of their current shows. And check out the UPCs and SKUs over there at doingthefavor.com. That link over to BrickSeek and PopFinder. So again, doingthefavor.com where you can listen to their shows. Steve and Eric last week on the PPW podcast did. Are you ready for this one, Scott? I am. WrestleMania 15. (laughs) So they continue the streak of bad WrestleManias. Ouch. (laughs) Boy, they really love their listeners to have to watch that and review it. And their listeners love them to have to sit there. No, they make it fun, man. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) No, they make it fun. That's why I love listening to it because they make bad shows like that a lot of fun. And actually... Steve made a good point. He goes, it seemed like there was one part in WrestleMania 15 where everything just went downhill. He goes, everything kind of started off pretty good. And then he goes, it hit like this kind of like climax and just fell off the face of the earth. He goes, yeah, after that point, it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) 
But he said he did like WrestleMania 11 better than 15. Oh, okay. All right. That's a, that's a strong quote right there. Yeah. But I'm going to be hanging out with Steve this past week or when the show drops, it'll be, it'll be this past weekend over at WrestleCon and all over Dallas. He's in, as I said, he's going to be sick of me by the middle of April because I'm going to be seeing him in Chicago the following week. Cause I got to go there for work. I want a lot of pizza picks right now. No, 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 no. When you're in Chicago, dude. Oh, no, 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 no. Dude, I got to catch a flight the next day. That ain't going to be good. <sighs> Come That's on. Not, I'm going to have to eat nothing but, uh, I don't know what I'll eat, but something that, you know, won't make me use the uh, restroom on the plane. Dude, the deep dish is a staple in Chicago. There's a ton of cheese on it. It'll bind you up for the flight. So by the time you hit California, you'll be ready to go. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Thank you. Also, check out our good buddies, Seth, Sheena, and Marco over at the Chick-fil-A show. And as I said, thank you again, Seth, for sending over that Steiners and Money Inc. cage match. It held up. It was everything I remember, and it was great. So check out the Chick-fil-A show on all podcasting platforms, as well as Justin Summers over at Wrestling Cheers. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant, and he's also doing a podcast with Brian Hebner, not Earl Hebner, I almost said Earl Hebner, but Brian Hebner called Reffin' It Up. So check that out on our podcasting platforms, as well as Marty and Rucker on Boot to the Face. Tim is pulling up a chair with the Fig Life community on Pulling Up a Chair podcast. And Scott, what you got for Drunk Wrestling History? Give us a follow on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk and make sure you're paying attention because Eddie and Adam are in town for WrestleMania and they want to do a meetup. So watch the Twitter. They'll announce where they're going to be. I will not be in Dallas for WrestleMania, but they will. So give them a follow at wrestling underscore drunk. Find out where they're going to be drinking at. Well, Eddie, anyway. Adam will probably have a root beer. This show that dropped this past week was Halloween Havoc 95, which is fondly remembered for Hogan pushing the giant to his death off of the Joe Louis arena, to which the giant had a miraculous recovery, resurrection, if you will, to show up for the main event about a half an hour later. We review the show. Oh, and there were monster trucks having a sumo match on the roof of Joe Lewis. If any of this sounds interesting to you, get us where you get all of your other podcasts at. Because we're Drunk Wrestling History, we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. There you go. So check that out also on iTunes or Podbean. Also check out our buddies Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. I'm going to throw it out to Jason Wolf. Of course, head over to his website. Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E draws.com. DoyleDraws.com. Get in touch with them. Commission some artwork. You won't be disappointed. Check out his custom Hasbros. The dude kicks ass at those. As he kicks ass at everything else, check out his website. See what he's got to offer. DoyleDraws.com. The great Jason Wolf and Jeff. That rounds out roll call. And Scott, that rounds out the show. That was so much fun this past weekend. That really was, dude. It, it, uh, it can't get here soon enough, the next toy show. Seriously. I had so much fun walking around there. It never got stale. It never got boring. I never checked out where you're just kind of like roaming and looking and, you know, you're kind of thinking of something else. I was invested the full five, five and a half hours that we were at that show, and I cannot wait for the next one. I think it's in June and can't wait to go back. Absolutely. So, Scott, for episode 324, anything else? Should I do the Aquanet Minute? <gasps> okay, do it real quick. Okay. This week's, it's kind of a repeat of a band I've mentioned before. I mentioned their second album. This time I'm mentioning their first, Skid Row. Their self-titled first album has all the hits, 18 in life. 
I Remember You, and Youth Gone Wild, of course. All of the staple songs that everybody knows from Skid Row, you hear them every time there's any type of hair metal on, unless you're my Alexa, who loves to play Van Halen's Jump. But that's the Aquanet Minute. Should I do it again? Okay, yeah, let's do it again. It was a lot of fun last week. Let's do it again, real quick. Should I have Alexa do the same? Yes. Okay, so have her play the, the hair metal again. Yes, let's try this again. Let's see where this goes. Hey, Alexa, play hair metal. Hair metal music from Spotify. Steel? I think this... Oh, you know what? This is Black Sabbath. I think this is Die Young by Black Sabbath. Are we just going to let it play? Uh, we'll get taken off YouTube. Ah. This has, if I'm not mistaken, this has a long intro. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure this is Die Young. Let me see if Alexa will answer. Hey Alexa, who is this? This is Hardline. I wasn't even close. Who? <laughs> this is Hardline. Who is uh, that? Sherry. That's the name of the song, I think. The name of the band is Hardline. I've never even heard of them. This sucks. Hey, Alexa, stop. <laughs> also, Alexa, how dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't understand. <laughs> but, Scott, I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 324. Oh, shit. I'm sorry I forgot you. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> I thought you already did your... You got me all screwed up with the Aquanet Minute and Alexa the, not, not playing Van Halen again. The ending of this show is very similar to the beginning of the Mick Foley uh, song where it's like a car crash happening. <laughs> I swear we know what we're doing. Eh, you know, sometimes it's fly by the seat of your pants. It's WrestleMania week. Come on. What do you want? So, Scott, for episode 324, anything else? I hope everybody has a great time enjoying WrestleMania NXT, ROH, whatever it is you're watching this weekend, enjoy. We only get this event once a year. It's like Christmas for wrestling fans. I wake up every WrestleMania morning just like so happy I get to watch WrestleMania that day. Yes, I'm a huge mark. Get over it. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fig Life since 2016. And happy toy hunting. You know, actually, I got to say, WrestleMania during the pandemic when it was in Tampa, you know, for in the... Um, uh, what were they calling it at the time? The Performance Center? Performance. Is it still called the Performance Center? Anyways, I think that was the most excited i ever been for a WrestleMania in a long, long time. Reason being is we needed that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, the show had to go on. It really did. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, it had to go on. Even though it wasn't the best WrestleMania, and a lot of people will probably not even count it, it was much needed at that time. So, Look, KO beat Seth Rollins. That was a great WrestleMania. And then Shane McMahon's going to beat Seth Rollins this week. <laughs> oh, I can just wait for the crowd reaction to that one if it happens. Oh, boy. I, oh, dude, we will crap on it, dude. Start singing it's, Judas. It's going to be like, oh, crap. I have a flight at 6 a.m. and it's just Shane McMahon that came out. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 324. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios.
Yeah. Fully poseable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.